You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Falcons flyover right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. You'll hear from Squid Billy here in just a second. We are filling in for Rob Tribble. Rob Tribble, you know, he had a little family situation going on. He hadn't committed. Rob's a family man. So we will uh, take you up until Sunday night football tonight. But Falcons lose 16-19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. A game you really, 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 really needed to have, and and they lose. And it, it was another game where it ends tough, and Falcons don't get the job done. And we have a lot to talk about. We're going to go to break here in a second and kind of get back on track time-wise, but there's a lot to get into. We are going to address the question that was asked in the post-game press conference to Arthur Smith and his response to said question, because we have that information. We are going to talk about, you know, what we think about the quarterback situation because fair, not fair, unjust, just. There is a conversation to be had now, in my opinion. But before we go to break here really quickly, I do want to bring Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy in. Squid Billy, just a, a quick overview. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about it and really sink our teeth into it. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think the first and foremost, it's disappointing. Um I thought you had a chance to win the game. I thought the referees played a part in that as well. I'm not going to sit here and blame the refs for two hours or however long you know we, we'll, we'll have and, and we'll take you to, but I thought the play where Drake London goes up for the ball in the end zone and he's tackled, the ball was a little high. I get it. But you can't grab a guy when he's there, and that really frustrated me. Uh, and, you, and you saw the replays. The only thing we could think of is that he's, you know, the ref said, look, the, the, we, didn't, we didn't view – we didn't – view the ball as a catchable ball. Right. Uh, but I thought maybe the Deontay Johnson fumble is a little more um, uh, exacerbating of a thing to think about because I have no clue anymore what a, what a football move is. Um, I know, you know, it's two feet or a football move, I believe, with possession. And damn if that wasn't a football move. He caught the ball, took a step, and turned. If that's not a football move. What is? It was a great play by, a I think, A.J. was the one that knocked it out. And, um, and and you recover the ball, and now you've got the ball at the 35. So you don't have to do a 70-yard drive where you, uh, you, know, you basically 
you know, it, it ends in the p- pass interference call that wasn't called. And that's frustrating to me, but there's other things this team has to do better, which I know we'll get into, including um, the quarterback play. A lot of frustrating things happened in this 16-19 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to break down them all. We will also take your calls. And then later on in the show, we will have one of the voices of the Atlanta Falcons, the color analyst, Dave Archer. He's going to join us at 620. All that is coming up. Rob Tribble's not in for the Falcons flyover, so guess what? You're getting a Peachtree Football edition of the Falcons flyover, so make sure you subscribe to Peachtree Football on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The Odyssey app as well. Peachtree Football is there. It's a Peachtree Football edition of the Falcons flyover. Dylan Matthews, Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy, rocking with you up until Sunday Night Football. We'll be right back on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. It is the Falcons flyover on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, a Peachtree football edition of the Falcons flyover. Dylan Matthews and Bo Squid Billy Morgan filling in for Rob Tribble for the evening. So while we're talking about Peachtree football, make sure you subscribe to Peachtree football on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, where you can also catch 92.9 The Game, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree football is there. Bo, we, we touched on a little bit. We gave a little teaser about what we're going to get into, but let's fully get into the loss now. Falcons lose 16-19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. They fall to 5-8, and eight, the Dirty Birds do. Steelers improve to 5-7. and seven. And Bo, I want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room, the biggest thing that I'm sure that people want to hear about, and that is our quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com, she put out a tweet, and she straight up, uh, well, she didn't ask the question, but someone asked the question. She put out the tweet that, uh, so Arthur Smith, this is the tweet from Tori McElhaney. Arthur Smith asked point blank if he was planning to make a change at quarterback. He didn't say yes, but he also didn't say no. His quote, will evaluate everything. Another quote from uh, head coach Mark, uh, Arthur Smith, the buy is coming at a good time. So he kind of le- he leads leaves it open ended there. First, Bo, what do you make of what he said? Do you buy anything into it about a possible change coming? And in your own opinion, do you want to see a change? Uh, so yeah, I buy into it. Um, you know, one of those deals where he said to, he obviously does uh, meets with us, and he he's on with Dave Archer, does interviews and post game for the radio network. And uh, we we don't we did not ask him that, but right. when we asked him about looking, you know, uh, the game, he, he did mention we got a lot of evaluation to do. Um, I, I think that they are, if they don't do it, it'll be seriously considered um, this week because he, you know, he he's always pretty much shut it down. And I I, um, I didn't see Tory's tweet. Uh, I wasn't in the press conference. I'm back in our interview room doing you know the interviews we do for the radio network. But I, uh, I was told what he what he was asked and what he said and how he responded. And then I did talk uh, to Jeff Schultz on the way out the door, and and you know Schultz basically said verbatim what what Tori said. So in her tweet, so it's if if he wasn't considering it, I don't believe he would have answered it that way. So it makes me think that there very well could be a change. And I, I do I want one? Uh, look, I I. I I want to make the playoffs. So whatever helps us right. win. But the second part of it is, I don't know if 
it was me in his position. I get you're coming out of the bye, and that's the perfect place to make a change. I just don't know if personally I would do one with this game and yes. that environment. Now, I, I don't, I don't, and that's a team that can get after you too up front. Right. And they've, and, you know, Cameron Jordan has owned Caleb McGarry this time for the most part. I know Caleb did a good job this year and, and the week one. So I, I'm not sure it, you know, like I trust him, but that's that to me, that's a tough spot to put a rookie. But, but on the other side of the, uh, of, of the argument, you're gonna know what you got in him uh, pretty quickly in that environment if he can hold his water and you know and how 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 you know kind of he handles things and how cool and calm and collect he may be and maybe not. So that's the million dollar question to me. I don't think it's a fact of or it's a question of I should say is it time to see Desmond Ritter because at this point. I'm not going to lie. I'm ready to see Desmond Ritter. I'm at least ready to see what he can bring to the table. Because like you said, I also want to make the playoffs. And at this point, me personally, Arthur Smith, and I'm not claiming to know more more than Arthur Smith, but at this point, I think we at least need to see what Desmond Ritter brings. Because I've always felt before this week, or before these last two weeks, I've always felt that Marcus Mariota definitely is going to give us more than Desmond Ritter. But at this point, we scored 16 this week. We only scored, what, 13 last, 13 last week? 13 last week. But I feel like Desmond Ritter could do that for us. I, and and make, mo- make no mistake. I can't. Language is hard today, apparently. English um, is hard, man. It's a tough loss. But we, we're, we're all tongue-tied. Make no mistake, though. The, the, the score, and I was asked this uh, when I did a hit with Pittsburgh radio on the fan and Odyssey uh, channel. Yeah. And um, our, our station, and they said, "Hey, you know, you, you guys have only allowed like you know twenty, and then they whatever the Bears scored, and you know, is that a product of the defense playing better?" And I said, "Well, I, I would say no." And they go, "What do you mean? You guys have shut down the quarterbacks?" I go, well, "Yeah, well, look at the quarterbacks we play." Yeah, I go. The other thing that we're seeing is, and you saw it again today in, in, in a lot of ways, is the run teams are running successfully. I mean, uh. Coming into the the last three games, you'd allowed I think like 189 yards in those games on average, and uh, the last five games you've been allowing 160 something. And you look today, they ran the ball again, four yards a clip, 154 yards. And what I'm getting at is teams have possessed the ball and ran the ball well on you, which which shortens the game. Right. And we already and Arthur mentioned it in his interview with us, if I'm not mistaken. And and we run a style like that as well. We had another. 146 yards again today. So what I'm trying to say is is you're having limited possessions. Teams are shortening the games on you as you've done to others early this year when you had success uh, as far as winning. And what that's doing is it's putting a premium on those uh, on those possessions. So when you have an empty possession or you go three and out or when you uh you know don't score a touchdown or score points at all, you're and, and your defense allows it where I think they only punted twice today. And both those came in the second half. In fact, both those came um, in the fourth quarter. So you're, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. Chris Goforth mentioned it in the postgame show. In the first half, the Pittsburgh Steelers only, uh, only did not score on one possession, and that was the end of the first half, and that's because they took a knee. They scored on the rest of their possessions in the first half. And you were talking about the Falcons' run defense. Coming into this week, 
four out of the last five games, Squid, you gave up at least, at least 160 yards. Today you gave up 154. You cannot do that. And since that has been happening, since the run defense hasn't been good, like you said, possessions are coming out of premium, and then you're not scoring. And today, Pittsburgh, the one time they put up a touchdown, you answered with the field goal. Luckily, you're able to stay in it because most of the time you were able to hold Pittsburgh to a, a field goal. But your offense, again, wasn't able to get the job done. And it, it, you're, just, you're just struggling too much on the offensive end. You're getting too much into a rut. And I know the refs didn't help today, and, and we can actually – you know, talk about that a little bit because I agree with you wholeheartedly. That was a fumble. He was beginning, Deontay Johnson that is, he was beginning to tuck the football and then he got it racked out. Is turning and trying to go upfield and then trying to tuck the ball, is that not a football move anymore? Well, and that's this is the problem with these, with, with it is football moves and what a football move is. And then you go to the touchdown that – got called off the board, it was clearly holding. Um, Hesse sure. was clearly holding. But I have a problem is when they're when they have the ball at the end of the game where Pickett runs on the outside, Lorenzo Carter clearly was held in an exact same play where you're holding a guy because you're trying to let your your ball carrier get around and it and it and it allowed Pickett to get up go around and slide. Now you're gonna tackle him in bounds anyways. But what happens is if you call that hold, it stops the clock. And now the clock keeps running because you don't call that that was clearly holding. And that's what bothers that you know, I don't care if you screw up calls like I do, but I get it. But there's got it it's it seems to be at times one sided. And when a game when a play in the end zone like that this basically decides the game or helps decide the game, that's not okay. And the play down there with Pickett, that's not okay. And But that's, again, where this team offensively, and this isn't, you know, what that penalty did on Hesse was it puts you now at first and 20 from the 20 because it's first and goal. And this offense is is, is not good enough. You, you, you can't, you're not a good enough team throwing the ball, whether it's your quarterback, whether it's your pass protection, whether it's your receivers creating separation, you get you can't you cannot have those major penalties. And the Falcons have shown that all year. The Falcons' offense, to be more specific, they have shown all year that they cannot get behind the eight ball. They cannot be, get behind the chains because they simply cannot. And, and most teams struggle with you know coming back from penalties or just getting behind the chains and getting out of routine. Most teams struggle with that, but the Falcons especially struggle with that. They just cannot get behind the chains. That happened a lot today, and that's the reason why they only got 16 points and are walking away from Mercedes-Benz Stadium with a loss. So, uh, again, frustrating stuff. And, again, the the million-dollar question for me is, okay, you're coming out of the bye. Is that the time against the Saints in a still a marquee game, especially if the Saints win tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Is that the time where you really want to see a change at the time where you, you know it, it's a fine line between do you want to give this team maybe a spark offensively or you know are you, it's just a real dice roll there yeah look one thing we need to remember is if when you make it if you make this change Desmond Ritter's not going to be you're not going to be thrown it 30 times this is Mm-mm. the the team is still limited with their with their passing game it's not 
it's it's Desmond Ritter's not going to step in and and be Russell Wilson uh, from the Seattle or whatever everyone seems to think. And it's not all Marcus too. Some of it is on the offensive line. Well, yeah, they're not very good in pass protection, and that's why I think the you, you can tell. I mean, that's why I believe that that like I I think Arthur wants to run Coach Smith whatever. I think he wants to run the ball and be a running team first, anyways. But and you're good at it, and he's a good he's a great play play caller with it, but. He, you know, you're just not going to all of a sudden, you know, just be throwing it around the yard. There's still limitations, and I don't know. I think Desmond can move. I don't. He's by no means a statue, but I also don't think he is uh, as athletic as Marcus. He's not as nope. good of a runner as Marcus. And Marcus is a lot faster. Uh, he's a lot quicker. I, I, I believe. I would. I, and maybe I'm wrong. But I think there's some plays that that Marcus is able to make. Like Marcus made some plays with his legs today that kept plays alive, kept kept it from being a sack. But then he couldn't he couldn't connect on his passes. And for whatever reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Arch when we have him at 6:20 about this. Why you know why Marcus seemed to be selling the ball? I have an idea, but I I want to get a guy who played in the league and. Knows why, you know, what happens when you're McKiss. He was selling the ball. People say it was an accuracy, and it is accuracy when you sell the ball. But there was too many times where he sold it over, guys, where he, you know, he had them. And then the, he had some drops, too, as he has right. had all year. But, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, look, it's frustrating because now we're 5-8. and eight And, you know, we, you could be a, a half a game out of first or tied for first going into the bye, and now you're not. It's very frustrating because these are all games we have been in. These are all games that seemed winnable at one point or another, and these were all games that we've had chances to win, and we just haven't come up. I'm glad you brought up the point about Marcus Mariota sailing the ball because some of that is, as Arch said on the uh, during the game broadcast, not being able to get his feet set, but sometimes he couldn't get his feet set because of the offensive line. So we've talked about it. How about you guys tell us what you think? That is the Falcons flyover, so it is time to let you guys give your reaction. 404-741-0929. What are your thoughts on the game? What are your thoughts on the quarterback situation? How are you feeling right now? We're taking your calls next. Again, 404-741-0929. A Peachtree Football Edition of the Falcons Flyer with Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. Your reactions coming up next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is a Peachtree football edition of the Falcons Flyover featuring yours truly, Dylan Matthews, and Bo Squid Billy Morgan. Shout out to everybody on the line right now. Chris, JP, Ned, Nate, Coach B, we are going to get to you here momentarily. Make sure uh, we appreciate your guys' patience. But right now, we want to head out on the WadeFord.com hotline, and we want to talk to our Atlanta Falcons color analyst, one of your voices of the Atlanta Falcons on the Atlanta Falcons radio network, Dave Archer. Dave, first and foremost, thank you so much for the time after, you know, you, you've you been working a lot uh, today, so we appreciate the double dip, Dave. How you doing? No, it's good to be with you, Dylan. Uh, you worked hard, too. You were part of our broadcast as well. Pete, kind of that silent broadcast that you keep us rolling uh, from the studio, so we appreciate you. Yeah, we got to. I know Arch. I don't know if you've. Uh, I don't know if you've got it home yet, but uh, your boy Brock Purdy is actually in for uh, Garoppolo, and he's he's doing okay. They're, uh, you know, they're winning. He's got an interception, but he got a couple of touchdowns. I know you love seeing Brock Purdy, uh, Iowa State guy, get it done. A cyclone. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. Cyclone guys get in the league and they they make some plays. That's what that's what they do, right? 
That's right. I mean, Cyclones just get in there and they they uh, they fire up the lead guard. So shout out to your guy, Brock Purdy. But, Arch, I want to start with this. Uh, I'm sure by now you've probably seen the comments uh, by Arthur Smith kind of leaving it open to interpretation, you know, for a possible quarterback change. You, you talked about it a lot during the, the Falcons broadcast. Marcus Mariota was throwing a bit high today, and part of that was he wasn't able to set his feet on a couple of throws. But just in your professional opinion, Arch, would you want to see a change at quarterback, you know, coming out of the bye week? Mind you, that game is against the Saints in the, the Superdomes. Is that the right time to make a change, in your opinion? What are, you, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I would be willing to bet you and my mortgage, and I don't have a mortgage. I've got my house paid off, but uh, mortgage the house that Desmond Ritter will start against the Saints. I don't think there's any question about it. I think that uh, – I know the fan base is clamoring for it, and that's not why you make the change. When you get into a game where uh, I think Marcus has done a lot of good things for this team, he's, he's provides them uh, some stability from a veteran standpoint, leadership standpoint. He's really respected as a leader on this football team. He does a number of things, and I know Bo's talked a little bit about some of the stuff he does at the line of scrimmage pre-snap. He does a lot of stuff post-snap when things break down. This has not been a good offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. By any stretch of the imagination, so his his impromptability or his his off schedule stuff has been has been outstanding. But today was the first day that I felt like that he was part. He was the main reason you weren't moving the ball on offense, and I didn't feel like that throughout the. There have been moments, sure, he missed a throw here or there, but it was protection breakdowns. Got drop a ball, and so it wasn't all on him today. And I didn't. I don't think it was all on him. I, I shouldn't say it that way, but I felt like today you felt like if you just made the throw or you just made this then you would you would be in a better spot and and today I felt like it was more on top of him and I thought he struggled he had a tough time from an accuracy standpoint I know he's had times moment the moments during the season where that's reared its head as well but today felt a little bit different and I I even commented at halftime that it would not surprise not have surprised me if they changed at halftime and because they got a little something going with the run game, they kept him in the game. And, and obviously he made a couple of plays in the run game as well. And it was the right decision to keep the veteran quarterback in there uh, as, because you started to get a little bit of rhythm offensively. But it didn't materialize itself into a win. And there were a couple of misses in the second half as well. I mean, big play opportunity miss, misses. And there's some frustration starting to build, I think, on the offensive side of the football. We saw a little bit with Drake London. And I know he's trying to be the best teammate he can be. But you got to be real if you're the head football coach and I know Arthur's going to evaluate this really hard but you've got to keep your team too and and shifting gears and going to the young quarterback doesn't mean you're throwing the season in just means that you're to a point now where maybe the young guy can give you a spark and that's what you're looking for. Arch take us through that 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 of was one with really one play but that uh the final possession where um Marcus throws the interception as a, as a quarterback, as a guy that played in the league and, and was in those situations where you're backed up, uh, why why does he maybe force that that throw to try to get a chunk there? What what did you see from that final play? Well, first of all, you got to see there's two high safeties. They've got two guys that are hawks, especially Minka Fitzpatrick, who makes the interception. Um, so you've got to find those guys. Whenever you take a pre-snap look, you're going to get a, a look at the umbrella. What's the umbrella? Is it single high? Is it two high? Are they playing four high in a, in a quarter set, which is essentially what they were doing. 
And so Minka frees up to be able to eyeball the quarterback. And so I've got a guy running down the seam in Drake London. I don't really have anything to hold Minka Fitzpatrick anywhere on the route. If I've got a guy running down the sidelines, then maybe there's some eyes or some value to pulling him away from the play. But all he did was eyeball Marcus and, and break on the play. So in that situation, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a completion, get something going. You want to get into the no huddle, which puts them under stress because now they're calling basic calls to just get themselves lined up. They're going to play an umbrella, play soft. Um, and then once you got near the 40-yard line, they were going to have to tighten their belt a little bit, maybe around the 50-yard line because a field goal would tie the game. And that's the part that, that hurts you a little bit. If you had to have a touchdown, then you might try to push the ball down the field. But you had to have a field goal. So somewhere in that they were playing deep enough where a 5, 10, not, not a 5, but a 10 or 15-yard throw on a curl route or an, an in cut would have been fine to get the drive going. But he tried to stick a seam in there, and that's a tough one, especially when you're playing against a, a cover four look with a safety not really having anything to hold it. Arch, I completely agree with what you, what you said there about, you know, up until this point, it hasn't really felt like Marcus Mariota has been the main problem or maybe the main reason, you know, you'll lose a football game. It's they felt a little different. You know, obviously everything wasn't on him, but, you know, you left your head, you, you scratching your head a lot today, you know, more to be desired from the quarterback. I do want to switch gears to the defense, though, because I was telling Bo this earlier, coming into this week, Arch, four out of the last five games, this run defense and this defense overall giving up at least 160 yards per game, 154 given up today on the ground. You've been talking about it uh, throughout the broadcast today. You're just getting gashed in the run game. I mean, how can we fix that? I mean, are we going to have to start stacking the box against these teams? Is it more so we have been going up against teams that are good at running the football? Is it more of that? How, how do we fix this, Arch? Well, you fix it by drafting number 88 for the dogs. That would be the first thing you do is the, the, the that's going to take next year in the draft. And I don't want to see you can get up high enough to get Jalen Carter, but you don't have enough, you don't have enough lead in your ass in the middle of the defense. Okay. So they're pushing you around. That was a D that was an offensive line was gigantic and they were coming off the ball. And then you've got a running back in Najee Harris. that's as big as your linebacker. So Rashawn Evans is coming down and he's hitting him, but he's being hit too by a guy that's the same size. So, um, give Najee Harris a ton of credit. I thought he ran uh, phenomenally hard today. He was really hard to bring down. Atlanta didn't tackle very well. So so Dean Pease has caught in a little bit of a quandary. Okay, and we're not big enough up front, so do I load the box and come after him when we're not really good enough to cover in the back end? A.J. Terrell, pretty solid cover guy. Darren Hall struggled in man coverage. Um, you got beat a couple times at the safety spot in some of the, some of the coverage situations. So there's the quandary that Dean Pease is in. Okay, do I load the box and put eight or nine on the floor on the line of scrimmage to try to stuff the run, or do I allow Kenny Pickett to sit back there and throw against man coverage, which hasn't really bode well either? When you look at the defense in a totality, yeah, you've been pushed around in the run game, no question about it. And it's hurt you a little bit because it's minimized the game from a possession standpoint because the other team's been able to possess the football. But you're not giving up points. You're not giving up touchdowns. You gave up one touchdown today. You were in the game. You had a chance to win the game because the defense didn't. They only gave up one touchdown, and and that's the thing that's about this defense. You can complain all you want to, and I do about the tackling and missed opportunities and this and that. But when it comes down to it, you're still in the game because they're not giving up touchdowns, and that's what it's been for the last couple of weeks. Look at the last two games. You should 
you could very easily say you could have won the last two football games. Certainly in a position to do that. Maybe against Carolina, you even had a chance to potentially do that. But that's the situation that you're dealt with with your DNPs. You're not overly talented on the defensive side of the football. So you're trying to put fingers in holes along the dike to try to make sure the dam doesn't break. And you're doing a pretty good job of that. You're not giving up points. And that's what beats you is points. Now, we've got to find a way to win third down, which we're not doing very well, because that would give you the extra two or three possessions potentially you need in a game to win a game. Atlanta had the ball eight times today. A normal NFL possession game is 12 to 13 possessions. You had eight possessions today. Arch, real quick, I want to talk offense without talking about the quarterback, if that's um, possible in this this city right now. Cordero Patterson is, if not your number one weapon, but one of your key weapons. And the one thing that really stood out to me today was he had no targets, no catches. He wasn't a part of the passing game at all. Now, last week he seemed to be, I think he got six or seven targets uh, or somewhere around that number. Maybe it was just five and the sixth one was batted up, but an intercepted in the end of the game. Does Arthur Smith got to maybe try, need to find a way to get Cordero going in the passing game as well now that you have Algier and Huntley who can take some of the load off in the running? Well, certainly you and I discussed this a little bit. I mean, he's got two guys he can trust the run game with. Cordero has a little bit of an extra gear when it comes to running the football. We saw some of that today. But you can interchange him and, and pop him back there from time to time. There's, he's one of your best players, and he certainly needs to be on the field. He certainly needs to touch the football, whether it's a quick screen to the outside or whether it's a shallow drag route or whether you run him up the field and try to throw it deep to him. It's an opportunity. He's a guy that can fill some of the void with Kyle being off of the field. Um, there's no question he needs to be on the field and be given the opportunity. And when and when Arthur said we're evaluating everything, when he was asked the question about the quarterback, that's part of the evaluation. We need to evaluate. Are we using Cordero Patterson in every possible way? We've got to make sure we maintain that freshness because, remember, he wore down. Now, we're at the end of the year now, so you don't have to worry about that now. But last year, you used him to the tune of he did everything for you the first eight weeks of the season, and he, he wasn't there for you in the last four or five games of the year. That's not the case now. You're in the last four or five games of the year. He should, you should have him on the field as much as you can. So I'm sure that that's part of the evaluation that Arthur's talking about that he was quoted with in, in the press conference. Arch, great job today. Great stuff with us. We appreciate the time, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hopefully you can enjoy the, the rest of uh, tonight's ball games and have a great week. We appreciate the time, Arch. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Bo. See you guys. Yes, sir. That is Dave Archer, one of the voices of the Atlanta Falcons, your Atlanta Falcons Radio Network analyst. And when we come back, we are back on the phone lines. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, JP. Thank you, Ned. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Coach B, for your patience through that interview. We are getting to you guys in five minutes. More Falcons reaction calls on the other side. This is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. It is a Peachtree football edition of the Falcons flyover. No Rob Triple tonight, so you get yours truly, Dylan Matthews and Bo Squid Billy Morgan all the way up until Sunday night football coverage starting at 7.30. So we got about 50 minutes left to rock with, and we're going to rock out a lot of your phone calls. We're also going to let you hear from head coach Arthur Smith. We just talked to Atlanta Falcons radio network color analyst Dave Archer. We're going to go back to Dave Archer when he talked to Arthur Smith during the postgame show on the Atlanta Falcons radio network. So if you missed that on the Falcons postgame show, we'll let you hear what Arthur Smith had to say to Dave Archer in the Falcons locker room. But right now we have to 
show appreciation and thank our callers for being so patient because we got to rock out some phone calls now. Let's hear from the people some more. And let's start with Chris. 404-741-0929. Chris, you're in the game. You're in the Falcons flyover, man. What's on your mind? Peace Street Football, what up? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, I got some stuff to uh, rattle off on, uh, and then would love to hear what you guys have to say. Um, I was listening to Bo um, go about Mariota, and I I tend to agree with him. Like, there's been plenty of games where it hasn't been, quote-unquote, his fault. Case in point, today, 1916, he's driving. He's making plays. Cordell Patterson runs for the touchdown to put us ahead. Holding penalty. And then what after that? Our longest-tenured lineman. Five-yard penalty, 15 yards, and now you put our quarterback, who's mediocre at best, in the position to have to try to do stuff that he can't do. But that wasn't his fault that they had the holding penalty. We were, we were going to you know, go ahead. Then when we kicked the field goal, and it was 1916, excuse me, 1913, we kicked the field goal 1916, I was like, we're, we're probably dead. Because if they score a touchdown, it's over. If they kick a field goal, he's got to do a two-minute drive. And let's face it, he's not Brady. So that's what I had to say about that, Bo. I agree with you. Mariota's going to get the hook probably, but it's not his fault in that regard. I want to go to the Commanders game, then I'll go to Ritter. Last week, that last play of the game, it was a great call for him to throw it. You want to know why? Because earlier in the game, they had the underneath route to Pruitt. And this is where I miss Shanahan. If that had been Shanahan, we'd have ran that same play again, and he'd have probably got it for a touchdown or threw it out the end zone. Some of the play calling hasn't helped Mariota as well. And lastly, I think Ritter will get a look. I think Mariota starts against the Saints, but if it's, if it's bad, he gets the hook, and we see what we can do and, and chalk it up to next year. Thanks for letting me rattle on, guys. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Look, I, this is, and this is the point. Chris, Chris hit something that maybe I haven't, that he clearly has heard from me. And maybe I'm not saying it where everyone is kind of understanding my thought. I get the angst about Mariota. I do. All I've tried to say all year is it's not all on one person. It's never all on one person. That interception today was bad. Marcus wasn't very good today. Uh, when we met with him after the game and he did his interview with Arch and, you know, he's always very humble. His, he, his body language looked different than I've seen it all year. And to me, it was, you know, disappointment and uh, maybe a little bit of reality that, 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 you know, things might be changing for him and his role. I, 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 again, I just, we we seem to pinpoint everything on one person, and I think a lot of it is, is excitement um, to see what you have in, in Ritter, and maybe he could be. And I think fans want to have the closure on what they think they may or may not have in Ritter going into the offseason. But to me, whatever we do, I still want to win games. Look, I, I, I work these games. I go to these games. I have to talk about these games, and I know you guys do too because you're fans, and I'm not saying that it means more to me than it does to the fans – I know the investment you guys have. One of the other callers earlier said he's at every home game, and he was he was listening to us on the way home, which I love to hear. I I, I don't it, I take these losses pretty hard uh, because I know what I'm going to hear the next day when guys don't perform, and I do get to be around these guys, and so I understand. And it's not easy doing that and calling these guys out. Marcus didn't play well today. 
I thought he – but but there's other things, like Chris said. The holding call didn't help. The 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 false start. You know, Jake Matthews has got 141 starts in this league. He's got to hold his water. And I, Jake will t- be the first guy to tell you that. So it is frustrating when uh, when you lose. And I know that we want to pin one guy, but there's a lot of blame to go around when you lose an NFL game. Marcus does take a good bit today, though. Yeah, Marcus – he, like Chris was alluding to, he wasn't put in the best positions. And, you know, we everybody understands that Marcus, his abilities are sometimes limited. And, and, that's the, and that's a part of the reason why we want to see Desmond Ritter because maybe he isn't going to, going to be limited. It, maybe at first he will be, but once he works out the kinks, you know, maybe he won't be so limited. Or maybe he'll come out like, you know, hot fire. We don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. But... He he wasn't put in great positions today the whole time Marcus was. So some like you said, some of the blame is to move around the offensive line. Some of the blame is to move to you didn't get as many possessions because the the Steelers ate up the clock on offense. So like you said, football is the ultimate team sport. I say this on Peachtree football all the time. I say this every time. Football is the ultimate team sport, and it's never like you said just on one guy. So completely agree there. Good phone call, Chris. Let's go out to JP next. He wants to get in on the Falcons flyover. JP, you're in the game. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Hey, what's going on with y'all guys, man? This this, this, this my take. Uh, there's no there's no offense line. I don't care who you got back there. See, the quarterback, he he he, he all right though. But we when they win and everything gone without the penalties. That's what makes a good quarterback. And we've been having this problem at saying Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan would do, if Matt Ryan wouldn't throw the interception, we would have just got sacked. That's that's the offensive line, but going forward, I kinda had real thoughts about uh, Coach Will, but now I kinda see his business. He wanna win, but at the same time he evaluating the playoffs. I you know, I I kinda sense what he's doing. I don't think a lot of them are gonna be back next year, you know, but on their defense, we need the interior line. We can't stop nobody. All that go along with the team, man. Then we, we ain't got no pass rushing. And we need good blockers. And I think uh, going forward, because uh, the, uh, the rookie quarterback, he ain't ready, man. I, I won't even put him in this position, man, because I know what people think, but you, people got to realize, man, they, they just ain't ready yet. I mean, they good there. Thank you for taking the call. Appreciate you, JP. Thank you for calling up. And JP also makes some good points. One being that, you know, we are in a transition period. And, Bo, you touched on this earlier in the show. The fact that, and Dave touched on this when we talked to him last segment. At some point, you have to look at this roster and just say you don't necessarily have all the guys or the type of guys that you need to be successful. Well, I think we need to remember, too, and and, and, uh, he just touched on it a little bit. You need to remember how many guys are on one-year deals. Right, uh, where we're at with the roster, this is why I, I this is why when I hear people criticize Arthur, I go, guys, there's like eighty million in dead cap. I mean, Rashawn Evans has played his butt off for you uh, this year. One-year deal. Troy Anderson is a is a guy who is a rookie and literally played linebacker for one year in college. And look at his growth. He made a play on that final drive, and you see the flash, the the, the potential. I think um, Ebikati, who he didn't play today, is going to be a heck of a player. I think it, to the point though, if you could beef up this interior, you're going to get you're going to see Grady Jarrett get more of because maybe then he won't be taking every single double team. 
you're you're gonna you're gonna see the pass rush come together a little more because if you can create an interior push, then it's gonna make those guys that are that are getting that you know with it, with the way you the way you create a pocket is you want to form it where you put the tackles want to push the edge rushers around and then the quarterback has space to step up and 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 make his throws something we don't see a lot of in Atlanta. <laughs> and and if you can get a better interior push and you can get Big Grady some help, uh, and and look, I'm not trying to take it away from 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 the Abdul Anderson or, or or Timmy Horn or Jaleel Johnson. Those guys are playing their butts off. But are those guys starters around the league? And they are starting here. And so you got to ask yourself that maybe those guys are guys that come in and spell. So if you can do a little upgrade here and there, I think you have something. All I want is trench play. This offseason. Right. I know that you'll sign, but man, if we could upgrade our trenches with Arthur Smith's play calling, with his, you know, this this coach Dean Pease is a is a is a good defensive coordinator. I think that they you could see these guys be a little more creative than 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 some people think they are, even though I think Arthur's done a really good job with creativity on play calling. But I really think you could see this team take it take another step, uh, you know, next year. But right now, you see how good this staff is. They're coaching these guys up, and that's why, despite what everyone else, you know, people wanted to spell it, you're still in contention, which is crazy with the roster that that we were that the national media told us what we were going to do, and that was two wins, and we're already three right. above that. So, <laughs> so I, but but you know, there's a lot to take away, and you've been in every game but one this year. Every single game has came down to the wire, but one. Exactly, and it seems like we are paying more guys that aren't on this football team than are, and with that being said, you have to applaud what Arthur Smith and Dean Pease has been, what they have been able to do with this football team. So just just think about that when you know when you when you think about you know what what this team isn't doing or what they aren't accomplishing, what what we have on the field, and you know we're paying more guys probably off the field and not on this team than we are on this team. But let's continue to rock out your calls. Let's try to a, a few more in here. Ned is calling up. He's next on the Peachtree Football Edition of the Falcons Flower. Ned, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. I'm a uh, native uh, Georgian, born and raised just south of Atlanta, long-time season ticket holder, just to weigh in on this quarterback conversation. For me, the conversation is not about why are we losing games. Is it the quarterback's fault? It's not about who's the, who's the quarterback to give us a better chance to win right now. It's about the future of the franchise. And, you know, the upside of Marcus Mariota, and I have no problem with Mariota. He's doing what he does. At the absolute best, we win this division this year if everything works out. And if we win this division this year, who cares? We're not going to make any type of run. We don't have any serious chance in, in, in the playoffs. Let's see what's the best quarterback going forward for our future. And, you know, I'm not naive. Maybe maybe Ritter's not earning it in practice. Maybe he's not showing he can handle the playbook, whatever it might be. But from a fan's perspective, I don't see anything winning this year. What's going forward? Next year, when we have all this money to spend, let's figure out what we have in Ritter, and that might influence how we spend our money next year. But I have nothing against Mariota. I just don't think he gives us the, the – he's not the future of the franchise. So let's find out what we have in Ritter. Yeah, and I understand that. I, 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 that is – you can make – that point is not lost on me. What I'll say real quick, though, is sometimes in the NFL, you don't want to ruin a guy, especially a young player. And, you, you know, if you put him behind – an off, uh, maybe not a great pass protecting offensive line, 
you you can you can hurt his his mental state, you right. know, his psyche, his, his confidence, and that don't think that that probably hasn't came into play in some ways. And you're also you've also now given him what four months of an NFL, three months of an NFL season to get ready to kind of and, and to kind of prep him. So I understand that, but I think there is there is times where you do want to protect guys if you do think he can be the future. And I'm not saying that's the case, but that does go into your thought process. I mean, look at, you know, Patrick Mahomes even had to sit down a little bit behind Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers had to sit behind a little bit of Brett Favre, and I get those were two solid quarterbacks, so you didn't have to rush them. But, again, those are protecting guys that you see a lot in. So there is something to be said to protecting Desmond Ritter, not putting him in a bad situation. All right, quickly, we're going to try to hit two more phone callers here. So, Nate and Coach B, I need you all to be kind of quick here, but we want to get you on here. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get you on. What are your thoughts, man, quickly? Yeah, hey hey guys, yeah. Uh so, you know, if if the question is, you know, who gives you the best the best chance, you know, uh Marcus Mariota was he he won a Heisman. You know, he, he uh the, the guys have obviously been an exceptional athlete his whole life. So, I would think that Mariota, you know, athletic-wise will always give you the best the best option to be uh, to to win, but um, but my whole thing is that you know after uh, Smith just kind of got in there, a lot of these guys are still uh, Dan Dan Quinn's guys, so you know I just kind of think that it's going to take some time, and that you know we we definitely will have to be patient because I mean there, there's been a, a a change in regime, and I think that we you know we're not taking that into account and then one, one more quick thing I, I'm really just I'm really kind of uh don't understand it the, uh the drafting of the Falcons oh because I feel like we wasted any picks I mean Keanu Neal uh you know Keanu Neal was such a great safety that we had but you know, we don't have him anymore and then what's happened with, with Ridley uh you know going all the way all the way to uh there's so many draft picks that we just kind of got rid of, and I think that we really got to take advantage more of our draft picks. Well, one thing to remember about the the draft, if you want to talk about how this team has been drafted in 14 years into the uh, – or what, I guess 13 years into the last two years, remember one thing is that, that Thomas, when he was here, and what his strategy and his philosophy, I guess you should say, was is they they drafted a lot for need. If they needed, uh, if they needed a, a guard – they would look at the best guards. This regime has came in, and 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 Terry Fontenot has said right up front, my philosophy is best athlete, best player, where I'm picking. So if I have a guy on the board that's a tight end, and I have him rated over in Kyle Pitts' situation, I have Kyle Pitts rated over everybody else. That's where I'm going. That's what they've said. That's what that's that's why you know you've seen skilled players. Those guys are the best players. Maybe this year we'll get lucky and a trench player will be the best player on the board at that time, and and that's where they can go. But also that also remember, too, free agency comes before you have money to spend, so where you draft might be based on what you do in free agency uh, as well. And maybe you, if you have down between two guys, you have rated the same and they're different positions, you might go with a guy that fits the need. What we can agree on is that we are in a transitional phase and we have to understand that. And I think Falcons fans do understand that. So this is something where I've to continue to work through, getting trench players, 
in building this team how Arthur Smith wants it built because it's not his ideal situation right now. These are not his ideal groceries to cook with. So we'll continue to rock out your calls when we come back here in about five minutes. What we'll also do, we'll let you hear from Arthur Smith. He visited with Dave Archer in the during the postgame show in the Atlanta Falcons locker room. If you missed that from the postgame show, we'll let you hear that next. We'll also continue to rock out your phone calls. Thank you guys for being patient. More of your phone calls and Coach Smith next, right here on the Peachtree Football Edition of the Falcons Flyover on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.